I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. quite happy to be in my PJs all day. What are you wearing right now? I am actually wearing... <laughs> I feel like I'm um, being a bit saucy. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you ask. Um... This week, everyone, I'm very excited that Mad World is going to have its first Olympic gold medalist. Will you please welcome the fantastic Dame Jessica Ennis-Hill. Hello. Hi. Oh, thank you for the lovely introduction. Do I call, do I call you, uh, do I have to call you Dame Jess, Jessica or can I call you Jess? Can you, I had this conversation with Prince Harry when he came on and I was like, can I call you Hazza? What, <laughs> what do your friends call you? Oh, everybody calls me Jess or Jessica. So yeah, nobody really uses the Dame, unfortunately, <laughs> but Jess is perfect. Do you get your kids to call you Dame Jessica when you're like, you know, being strict mum? That's Dame Jessica to you. Oh, I should do. I should. I don't think they fully understand it and they just find it quite funny, to be honest. But yeah, definitely when they're teenagers, I think I might bring that one out. Brilliant. Okay, so the first question we ask all guests is a question that we're probably asked 100 times a day. Uh, Maybe not so much at the moment now we're in lockdown, we're not seeing people. But it's how are you really? We're asked that question so often and we often just give the easiest answer. Mm. So what I'd like to know, Jess, Dame Jessica, (laughs) how are you really right now? Um, I'm I'm really good at the moment. Yeah, I think obviously it's it's quite a different time we're in at the moment, all being in our homes and being in lockdown. But I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive about life. And um, there's lots of different daily challenges that we didn't quite face, you know, a few weeks ago. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy and positive. And how has lockdown been for you? So talk us through. So you're at home in, do you live in Sheffield, near Sheffield? Yeah. 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 So I'm at home in Sheffield with my husband and my two children. Yeah. It's just really, really strange. I think a few weeks ago, you know, there was talk about a lockdown coming and and how things were going to change. But I don't think any of us could really imagine what that would actually feel like and how it would impact on us like physically and mentally. Mm. And I think at the moment, you know, it's just, we're kind of taking every day as it comes and trying not to be too, you know, too worried about certain things and get too hung up on certain things, whether it be school, home learning or, you know, the work that we still have going on. But yeah, it's just a really strange environment to be in. 
Is this housework you've still got going on? <laughs> There's always housework. No, but I mean like at home, work to your home or, the, or professional work. Yeah, so a bit of both really. My husband works full time, so he's been he's been working from home and I've had various things that I've had to do with regards to my fitness app, Jenis. So we've we've been ticking along with that, which has been great. Um, and then, yeah, and then it's the maintaining the house, everything else that you do, sorting the kids out, making sure they're happy, that they're not worried in this time. And and then with the the whole homeschooling situation, you know, just trying to <laughs> trying to tackle that as well. So yeah, it's kind of like entering a, a completely different world at the moment. Yeah, I'm really interested that you because obviously as a as a as an athlete as as an athlete, I wonder if you're quite used to living in sort of lockdown situations. By which I mean you have to go, you know, you have a very rigid schedule that you have to stick to, and you probably I'm thinking when you're training when you were training for Olympics and world titles and all of that stuff, you were probably not able to socialize massively anyway. Do you feel that you've been sort of trained for this situation by your a career as a professional athlete? Yeah, I mean, that's a very, very good point. When I was a full-time athlete and training pretty much every day, my my life was very structured, very organized, very repetitive. You know, I'd have the same sessions, same journey to and from the track. Everything was very, yeah, boxed up and very predictable in a way. And I think at the moment, I can kind of relate to, to how I felt as an athlete to this time now but the one thing that's very different is having children in that equation whereas when I was an athlete it was all very much driven and focused by my needs and what I had to do to perform now it's completely different everything is about making sure my children are happy they have what they need they have the right amount of structure to keep them happy and make them feel secured but also it's not too rigid so that they still have that freedom and, um, you know, that ability to to relax and be able to switch off in a really strange environment where they now don't go out and do their swimming lessons. They don't go to school and see their friends. And, you know, they're very lucky they have each other to play with and enjoy each other's company. But they, you know, they're missing a big social element that was a, a massive, massive part of their life before. So talk to me about one of the, well, there's so many reasons I've wanted to talk to you. I remember when I first met you last year at an event, I was like, we must work together. Yeah. What I really love about you is that you've sort of, you've really switched from exercising for medals to exercising for mental health. Mm. And I, I, I can see there's been a, you know, and, and at the moment, you know, the government are saying, you know, there's been a lot, well, there's a lot of talk of people like, how are you doing your daily exercise? I mean, in a way, I imagine the country it's going to come out of this a lot fitter than it went into it because (laughs) people are suddenly exercising. But I wondered if you could talk perhaps to the people that are finding it quite difficult to motivate themselves or finding it quite difficult to do it for the right reasons. And maybe we could start by talking about how you switched from that mentality of physical work being about being the fastest, the strongest mm. and getting the medals, which is which is the kind of, which I suppose is the competitive nature that we're all brought up in, in, in the UK. It's, you know, there's almost that thing that if you're not good at sport, if you don't excel at it, you shouldn't do it at all, mm. which is kind of bonkers, isn't mm. it? We don't say to people who you can only cook if you've got a Michelin star kind of thing. And yeah. how has it been for you to reprogram that? Yeah, it's been a, a really strange kind of turn, to be honest, because like you say, you know, as a full-time athlete, you know, majority of my life, pretty much all of my life was spent training and training for one specific goal. So whether that be 
to to medal at a world championship, to medal at an Olympics. It was always goal driven and it was always driven, you know, I was always driven by medals and performing. So every time I stepped on the track, I wanted to better my personal best. I wanted to be stronger and fitter than the last time I stepped on the track. So that was like a huge motivating factor for me and a huge driving force. Um, And then towards the end of my career, that motivation started to waver. I didn't feel as strongly motivated by, you know, what I was once motivated by, you know, the the need to perform and the need to be at the top constantly. And I think as soon as that motivation changes within you, you know that that's the time to make a big change. And that for me was retiring. So I retired after the Olympics in Rio. And then I stepped into a completely different world of exercising for me. And like you say, it's having that headspace, that time to to see exercise in a completely different way, to enjoy it in a different way and to be motivated by the smaller things that you, you know, that give you so much pleasure, not gold medals or anything like that, just the enjoyment that I could then take from exercising without, you know, huge amount of pressure and expectation. I actually just heard almost there, just listening to you, Jessica, I heard almost a switch in the tone of your voice when you went from talking about the, you know, the pressures of being a track athlete to doing it and stepping out and being like, oh, I'm just going <laughs> to go and do it for fun. Can you talk me through what, what that felt like, that switch from pressure to pleasure? actually I suppose yeah it was it was such such a huge thing for me because I'd have I'd had such a fantastic career and I would never ever have imagined that I would have gone on to achieve what I achieved within my career so I was so completely grateful for the career that I had but in that moment when I knew that I'd done all I could do that I wanted to step back and retire it was just the most amazing feeling I remember walking through the woods with my dog and I'd already had the discussion with my husband Andy and told the people close to me my team or my support staff that I was going to retire and the way you do it these days you put it on Instagram Mm -hmm. so (laughs) I typed out um, a bit of a a kind of note that I wanted to say and and how I wanted people to hear about it and then I remember just pressing post you know on on my Instagram post and and walking through the woods and just having such an amazing feeling I had the biggest smile on my face a massive weight had left had left me and I just felt really really excited about the next phase in my life oh I'm I'm do you know what I'm smiling like literally if you could see me right now and this is why it's such a shame all these podcasts are done over you know over the internet but I am smiling so broadly <laughs> for you I can feel that weight lifting it was it was an amazing feeling and and not to get anything you know confused that I I did have a fantastic career and I you know, there were some massive highs, but there were some huge lows. And in being a professional sports person comes with a lot of pressure and anxiety and worry. And you constantly feel that you, you know, you have to perform at the top level. So in that moment, all that kind of weight had had gone from me. And I was looking forward to to seeing exercise in a different way, to continuing my family, to, to taking on new opportunities. And it was just, yeah, a really, really exciting time for me. Can you talk me through just briefly that you you mentioned huge lows and I you know I don't we don't need to go into the kind of specifics of them but you know you can I can imagine that an an athletic career is full of you know full of that but what coping mechanisms did you have to get through those lows and on you know and push yourself through when perhaps you felt like giving up Yeah I think one of the main reasons why I was able to be as successful as I was and able to win those you know, those big global medals in those key moments was because of 
my my strength mentally and that came from experience so having lots of different occasions and competitions where things didn't go my way where I felt like I was in great shape and I was going to perform well and I didn't and I had to learn from those experiences and then they came from having you know the support of great people around me having a team who was so passionate about helping me succeed and and making you know helping me to perform at my absolute best and having the family there to support me in the background you know not being an overwhelming force and pressure towards me but just being there to support me and those things really really helped me just focus myself and just allowed me to focus on performing and kind of minimalize all the distractions that happen around you and particularly you know before the olympics in london 2012 i had a fantastic opportunity to spend some time with a great sports psychologist and having that time to sit down with someone who isn't in your immediate working circle and environment and isn't in your immediate family but just kind of stepped out of that immediate environment it was just a fantastic way to kind of voice any worries or concerns that I had or any doubts that I had going into you know the biggest occasion of my life and he really helped me keep focused on on just remaining consistent just doing what I'd always done year after year performing and and not getting overly distracted by the crazy circus and the hype that was happening you know around me and and around the Olympics. I mean we can we just go back to that for a bit because when people talk about London 2012 now, I still get like a little, um, you know, like shivers up my spine. <laughs> what an incredible two weeks that was. And and that Super Saturday, oh, I was covering it for The Telegraph at the time. And I, I just... I, I just spent my whole time crying, although it did later turn out that I was pregnant. Oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, we had an Olympic baby. Oh, and I remember Super Saturday watching you with my then boyfriend, now husband and father of my child. And I mean, oh. I'm not, I'm not going to say that you were responsible for my child. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like, this, this conversation is getting a bit weird. <laughs> but, oh, my God. That was just, it feels like, 108 years ago doesn't it the magic I know it does it seems like such a long time ago but still it's so fresh and raw in my mind and whenever I I do interviews or I, I talk about those emotions and how I felt during those two days of competition it's still so raw it makes me get a bit twitchy a bit nervous I feel the adrenaline pumping again because it was such an incredible experience for you know, for all the British athletes, for the whole nation, but for me individually, it just, it was like nothing I could ever prepare myself for or imagine. And it all came together for me. And I'm still, you know, I still sit here today thinking, did that actually happen? I can't believe it all went right over those two days. And I came away with that Olympic gold medal. Oh my God. There's two questions I want to ask you about this. So first of all, I'm really interested about the sports psychologist and what are the kind of tips that he gave you? You you mentioned staying consistent and trying to remove the noise mm. from outside. But are there any other things that he, he told you that you've sort of, you still keep in mind to this day? Um, I think it was the things that I took from him. Um, he's a fantastic sports psych- psychologist, Pete Lindsay, and I've worked with him like over the years. And I kind of always dipped in to see him when I felt that, you know, these big moments were coming or I felt that I was struggling with certain aspects of training or whatever it might be. And um, he just really helped me put things into perspective. So, you know, you have all these thoughts and these worries going around in your head, whether they're rational or irrational, to have somebody to you know, just sit there, firstly, listen to what you're saying. And then also, 
you know, have those right questions to ask you. So you answer them and you're, he's pulling out all this information that you've not even really thought about yourself. It's having someone to be able to do that. And he was such a massive help to me after I'd had my son Reggie. So I had Reggie in 2014 and then I came back into competition for the next year for the world championships. And I was in such a strange place because I was in that phase of you know mum girl what am I doing am mm. I should I train should I stop at home with my baby should I you know should I keep going on in athletics when I achieved all I wanted to achieve and he was just absolutely fantastic in that time just really making me realize what was important to me what I wanted to take away from these next two years and just just put it all into perspective and that's the probably one of the biggest things that I took from from those sessions with him perspective Uh uh-huh now we all need a bit of that at the moment I think and I'm really interested in hearing like so obviously the the Olympics were supposed to be happening this summer Mm -hmm. they're not because of the pandemic what would you say to anyone like I I can imagine and you must be feeling for the athletes who have Mm -hmm. trained so hard and had the goalposts moved basically yeah but I guess it's really what you would say to anyone who, because I suppose it's obviously athletes in the Olympics, but there's loads of people out there across the globe who have perhaps been working towards certain things that were perhaps going to become to culmination now or in the summer that have had that all changed. And I don't know what your, it's, it's a big question to ask someone, but what your kind of like feelings are about that and how you would advise them to get through, you know, the coming months. Yeah, I think firstly, obviously being an athlete, being an elite athlete I can completely relate to you know those athletes preparing for an Olympics and yeah as soon as I found out the you know the Olympics was going to be cancelled and rescheduled which obviously there was no question about it, it had to be done I just felt yeah a massive overwhelming feeling of sadness for the athletes I think they all knew it's the right reason but you have to remember they've trained so hard and they put the whole winter season of training through you know their bodies and their minds and then you know to come into the summer season where you know the likes of Katarina Johnson-Thompson and Dina Asher-Smith they're coming into Olympic year off off an amazing year before in great shape just ready to you know to take those medals and then to have the season shut down in no way they could ever imagine you know they've never had a a period like this in their life where training has been limited whether there's no travel and and everything else that comes with it and it's just about refocusing it's about changing all your plans it's about having a good coach involved to make sure that everything is is restructured in a way to make you peak again this time next year Mm. and it's yeah my I mean my heart goes out to them it's a it's a really difficult situation but they are amazing athletes you know we have some fantastic British athletes and you know they will be hungrier than ever next year and they'll go away and they'll put the work in they just have to, again, put it in perspective and know that the goalposts have changed. We still have an amazing opportunity. It will just be later on in the day, you know, than they originally expected, unfortunately. I mean, I can imagine a little bit what it's like because I'll tell you something, uh, Jess, I was supposed to be running the London Marathon on Saturday, oh, Sunday. And yeah. as you know, as you know, I'm a, I'm an elite athlete, an elite of athlete. Of course, of course. <laughs> and obviously I've had to refocus my goals to October, you know, and so I really sympathise with these Olympic athletes. I'm joking. Obviously. Well, that's, no, you're right though. Everyone, you know, everyone has 
goals and, and things that they're focused for, for for the year. And, you know, everybody's expectations and goals and, and things that they're looking forward to have, have had to change, whether that be at elite level or, or not. So I think, yeah, we're, you know, we're all in a very, very similar situation and it's all relative to, to us and our lives. So talking of this, let's talk about Genis. So this app, which I love, is like... Well, I've I've been looking at it through Instagram and it's it's classes, you know, obviously at the moment we're like bombarded, aren't we, with online classes and all of that. Mm. But it's it's your platform for real women, basically, to get involved in the well-being that you've you know, you've experienced through your career. And can you talk me through it a little bit? Yeah. So when I retired, obviously I'd gone from, you know, training heavily six days a week, twice a day, and basically trying to break my body down and and being able to train for hours on end. And then when I retired and had my children, I was very much in the situation where I knew the right kind of training to do and that was effective, but I needed to do it in a much shorter time frame and to to find ways of making it enjoyable but really really effective and and heart hitting as well. So yeah, kind of that was my inspiration and and after having my son Reggie, I had a fantastic team of physios and support people around me who really guided me with the right exercises to do during my pregnancy and postnatally and that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to create a fitness app particularly for the pregnancy and postnatal side to support as many women during that you know huge phase in their life where their body changes so much to still have the confidence um to exercise and know the right exercises to do know that you don't have to push yourself you just have to maintain some level of fitness and and find ways to enjoy it so yeah I was really excited about launching Janice and um just trying to support and encourage as many women to be to be active and enjoy being active I mean the key thing there is the enjoying being active Mm. how because I mean I've spoken about this quite a lot but like for me the moment exercise like I I work out probably three times a week I'm not obsessive but it's certainly like I ran this morning and it's really important to my head and the, the switch for me came when I realized I was doing it for the gains not the losses like it wasn't about losing weight or keeping the inches off my waist it was about the mental clarity it gave Mm. me the space it gave me to clear my head and I know you've spoken a lot about that how key is enjoying exercise to getting it done because I've always had you know that thing I always say as well is that no one ever really wants to do exercise Mm. but no one ever regrets it do they no and that's the thing it's finding the the right exercise that suits you and, and finding that enjoyment just knowing that you don't have to go out and do an hour run and really break your body down and push yourself really hard you know you can do a session a circuit session in 20 minutes and and still work hard Mm. and feel good but yeah it's like you say it just for me now, exercising is about having that time to myself, to, to, you know, just to completely switch off. You know, I, I lack motivation like everyone else does. And no, you do not. I do. I absolutely do. I have I'm mornings. Sorry. Where... <laughs> I, I, explain to me what these mornings look like. I want to hear this because this will make everyone feel a lot better. Oh, gosh, I'm absolutely the same. And I was the same when I was an athlete. You know, when I was an athlete, I had my coach dragging me out of bed saying, right, you are coming to the track and you are doing these sessions, you are doing these hill runs. And that was a huge motivation. But when I retired, I didn't have a coach and I don't have a coach or anyone telling me what to do. I have to exercise and train for myself. And I do, yeah, I absolutely have those days where I think, oh gosh, I've been up in the night with Liv or Reggie and I'm tired and, you know, I don't want to do anything. But actually I know that feeling that I have after I exercise is so amazing. It clears my head. It makes me, it energizes me. It makes me feel like I want to get on with the day. 
and it, it just makes me feel good and I, I love it I just can't imagine life where yeah I wouldn't you know want to run do circuits and exercise and keep some level of fitness because it gives me so much enjoyment right now do you have some days where you just stay in bed not with two kids unfortunately no, that's when they're true. teenagers that's true. <laughs> I realized that as soon as I said it <laughs> I do I do have those days of course where I just yeah I'm quite happy to be in my pjs all day well a lot at the moment when, <laughs> when we're at home um <laughs> what are you wearing right now I am actually wearing <laughs> I feel like I'm um, being a bit saucy <laughs> <laughs> well now that you ask um I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing leggings I'm so predictable I'm wearing leggings and a jumper because me and Reggie went out for a little run slash walk this morning so I've not since got changed since that run (laughs) so I'm still in leggings do you want to know what I'm wearing Jessica I'd love to know I'm also wearing leggings and a jumper are you yes because I also went out for a run this morning and have not had a shower or got changed since same snap snap yeah there's no time there's no time also who cares like it's just lovely isn't it to not have to get all sort of dressed up on a day and you know just be in your sweats and get on with the day it is so nice to be honest I used to complain about been in my my leggings and my tracksuit all the time because that was all I ever wore was lycra and I did have probably about a month of of my life where I started wearing normal clothes and now I'm back to lycra and I absolutely love it so it's the Mm. way forward so what advice would you give to anyone listening right now who does not have a background of professional athleticism or doesn't have an Olympic gold medal which is most people listening I imagine (laughs) what would you the what advice would you give to people to motivate them to use that exercise that daily exercise in a positive way and to to know that it's about it's about enjoying yourself not punishing yourself I think the most important thing is 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 finding small realistic steps to motivate yourself so something really small just a small goal that you can focus on that's completely relative to you and then secondly I would say at this moment in time there's so many like you say so many different workouts and fitness things that you see in social media on the television everywhere and I think it's really important to not try and compare yourself to everyone you know we're all individuals we all exercise in completely different ways and it works for us in different ways as well So finding something that works for you and don't compare yourself to everybody else, compare yourself to yourself and enjoy exercising. You know, we're in this time where we are only allowed out for, you know, a short period of time for a small bit of exercise. So it's really just making the most of it. And hopefully when we come out of this horrible time, like you say, there'll be a lot more people that are more confident with exercising, more confident to do it in their home environment and yeah and we'll have a a nation of very very active people hopefully how do you motivate your kids to get out and exercise or is that not a problem they're well they're firstly they're both very very competitive lives (laughs) two and a half now and reggie's five and he's nearly six in july and you know they're so competitive with even you know going up the stairs first to brush their teeth if one of them is ahead of the other the other one's crying and it's not fair he's beaten me so they they definitely have that competitive streak and they're both really active you know they love running around and you know before um the virus reggie loved doing tennis and swimming and football and various different sports and he was already you know this morning telling some random person on the walk that he's faster than his mommy and all <laughs> these different things so yeah I think I'd say that they are pretty active whether they you know go into sport at whatever level I've no idea but for now they enjoy being active they don't see it as a chore I just want them to 
to just do it without realizing that they're doing it and enjoy it and for them to see myself and my husband exercising and it you know for it to be the norm around them and and then if they go into a sport in their later life then fantastic but if not then hopefully they've you know they've taken something from these early days as well watch out world i've got i've I've got my reggie hill i can see doing great things in the whatever (laughs) olympics and then also i just want to know what what have you got planned for the rest of the year i mean like what 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 are the things coming up for you post lockdown well i mean who knows really at the moment i think we're still in the state of limbo so you know we're waiting to see you know what the next stage of everything is and i'm imagining that it's going to be a very busy end of the year because everything that <laughs> i've not been able to get done now will be will be put into the latter part of the year but yeah i'm just really looking forward to yeah to heading back into normality you know the the mundane things that we kind of always took for granted you know the going to swimming lessons and having the chaos around that and the school pickups and just jumping on a train and going to London like that would be the most bizarre thing ever when it does happen just you know being out of your little bubble so yeah I'm looking forward to to having those normal moments back and what do you miss most again just just normality I think Mm. we just take it for granted so much you know all the the normal things that we do on a day-to-day basis and and how they they impact on us and how we feel and yeah I'm I'm looking forward to doing all those things I'm looking forward to to seeing the kids see their their friends Mm. and and socializing with them again I think that's going to be a a really nice thing and then from a selfish perspective I'm looking forward to getting my hair done again (laughs) going out for a drink with my friends and things like that so yeah there's lots of things to look forward to when uh, we're eventually allowed to get back to it oh it's been so lovely to chat to you what I'm looking forward to is being able to hug people again and I hope that later this year I'll get I'll get to see you again and give you a big hug I know it's so (laughs) nice it feels so strange when I've had um, my mum pop around this morning and you know she stood like right at the end of the drive and not able to come near us and it's just such a a natural thing you just want to hug your friends and your family straight away it's just an immediate thing and it's um yeah it's really goes against our human nature doesn't it so um yeah I think you're right that'll be a really nice thing to do once we we can jessica dame jessica well i'm just going to call you jess now i feel i feel <laughs> i feel very i feel very at home with you Thank now you. you know what i'm wearing and i know what you're wearing you can call me jess <laughs> <laughs> Before you go, I wanted to tell you about a video series from The Telegraph called Decodes. They tackle some of the big questions around the virus and the latest is about what coronavirus tells us about our behaviour. How have responses differed from country to country? What effects have the pandemic had on how we interact with one another? And what can we learn from the crisis about mental resilience? There's even a guest appearance from me. So if you want to go and check out the video, please go to The Telegraph's YouTube channel. And don't forget, if you work for the NHS, you can get a free six-month digital subscription to The Telegraph as our small way of saying thank you for all your amazing work. I'll put the details of that offer in the show notes for this episode. And everyone else can get seven days free access to Telegraph content by going to www.telegraph.co.uk forward slash madworld. If you've been affected by anything we've talked about in our podcast today, the following organisations offer free and confidential support over the phone. The Samaritans can be reached 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 116 123. 
Or you can contact the mental health charity Mind for advice on a range of mental health issues. Their phone number is 0300-123-3393. That's 0300-123-3393. They're accessible 9am to 5pm, Monday to Friday, excluding bank holidays. Then there's Young Minds, who provide support if you're a parent or carer worried about a child's welfare. They're on 0808 802 5544. That's 0808 802 5544. If you prefer tech support, Shout is a 24-7 UK crisis tech service available for times when people feel they need immediate support. By texting Shout to 85258, a texter will be put in touch with a trained crisis volunteer who will chat to them using trained techniques via text. And remember this, you are not alone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 